0: Welcome to the first Universalist Unitarian Church. Good morning. Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church. My name is Michael Wasilchuk. I'm a member here for 25 years. I want to extend a special welcome to everyone joining us here today and online this morning. Since 1870, uh, the UU Church in Ossau has served as a vital voice for liberal religion in central Wisconsin. We are an intentionally free society that welcomes all people just as you are regardless of age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or economic situation. Wherever you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are currently worshiping both in person and online, so be sure to subscribe to the church's newsletter and follow us on Facebook or Instagram for updates. And with that, Let us gather together our hearts and minds for worship. Please join me in reciting the chalice lighting, which you will find printed in your words of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. And now that I forgot something, let's do a couple of announcements before we get going any further. After a two year hiatus, today marks the return of our first potluck Sunday. Bring your appetites and join us in the dining hall after the service for delicious food and fellowship. The April potluck will be hosted by the UU Wasa Board of Trustees. UU Wasa is hosting a Red Cross blood drive this Thursday, April 7th from noon till five Please check your yellow pages for info on how to donate and how to sign up for help.
1: Well, we gather this morning on the ancestral home of indigenous peoples. Um, I do not live in this area, but I did a little research, and I hope I don't have this totally wrong, but I believe the lands were and are the home of the Menominee and the Potawatomi peoples, and very near the Ho-Chunk nation of Winnebago. I know there are other peoples, indigenous peoples, who live in the area. And this is just a small segment to remind us of our obligations to good stewardship of the land and to right relations with all of their inhabitants, past and present. So we come to this time and this place to rediscover the wondrous gift of free religious community, to renew our faith in the holiness, goodness, and beauty of life. We we come to this time and this place to reaffirm the way of the open mind and the full heart, to rekindle the flame of memory and hope. We come to this time and this place to reclaim the vision of an earth made fair, And all her people won. And so I invite you to open your hymnals, um, your gray hymnals, to the opening hymn number 346. Come sing a song with me, and if you could rise in body or in spirit, as you are able.
2: Sing a song with me, come sing a song with me, that I might know your mind. And I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. And I'll bring a song of love and rose in the wind time Come dream a dream with me Come dream a dream with me Come dream a dream with me me. that I might know your mind and I'll bring you home Hard to find, and I'll bring a song of love and a rose in the winter time. Come walk in rain with me, come walk in rain with me, come walk in rain with me. I might know your mind and I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find and I'll bring a song of love and a rose in the winter time come share a rose with me Come share a rose with me Come share a rose with me That I might know your mind And I'll bring you hope When hope is hard to find And I'll bring a song of love in the time.
1: Please remain standing for our affirmation. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest of truth is its sacrament, and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the divine. Thus do we covenant with each other.
2: From all that dwell below the skies, let songs of hope and faith arise. Let peace, good will, on earth be sung through every land, by every tongue.
1: So you may be seated. Um. This is the time for the story for all ages, and I do invite um, any children, you can come up and just sit in the first pew. I have a lot of props, um, but you'll be able to come and see them afterwards. Um, any, anybody who's young at heart and would like to see the props. Um, uh, so this is a story called Partners, and it's, it's um, written by uh, Rabbi uh, Mark Gelman, And it's a midrash. A midrash is a story about a story in the Bible. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have anything but a hardwood floor to to sit on, but there you go. Um, So, this is a story about the very beginning, before there was time or stuff or anything. Now, it's a story about making the world. Now, making the world is a messy business. So you really do. Usually, this is, this is a lot fancier. I hand out aprons to everybody because people help me. But I wasn't sure how many people would, would, would be coming. So in the very beginning, there was the angels and God and just a, a great swirly mess of stuff. Who knows? Goo. A glob. And the angels looked around and said, God... This is really messy. Aren't you going to do something with this? And so God said, well, okay. And God started taking out the hard clumps from this, this glob. And God started making the stars and the planets and the suns. And God made the earth and, and just, just great globs of stuff. And, and he thought, well, okay, some of, this, some of these globs will be mountains. Some of them may be fool's gold. Some of them may be just very pretty rocks. Um, I'm sure that I have more rocks in here somewhere. I'll find them at the very end. Well, and, and that was all well and good. You know, planets and suns and some rocks and some mountains and some hills. Um, and the angels looked around and said, well, God, it's, is that all? Can't you do something else? So God took the water, God took the water out of this great glob and out of it God made oceans and God made lakes and God made the river that flows here through town and all these little lakes all over Wisconsin and God made clouds and rain and the snow and the sleet that we seem to be getting every week here in, in, in um, um, where am I? McQuan, McQuan, uh, and up in Duluth where I live, it's like Washburn, Virginia. I, I'm, I'm traveling a lot these days. All of a sudden, um, and some of the some of the stuff, you know, some of the water. Well, God just eh, God just left it as water, and and, and the, the the angels looked around and said, Well, that's a little better, but isn't there something more? And so God decided to make some growing stuff, some living stuff, some, maybe some plants and, and some, some animals. I mean, certainly around here. Are, and, and in Minnesota, God made some, some um, moose. And, and maybe God, in the warmer places, made some camels. And, oh, here's another one of my rocks. And, and God made, well, God made dinosaurs. They didn't last for long. Um, God made, I'm sure that God made uh, a, a Chinese dragon somewhere along the way. And, and God made, oh, you know, an octopus. Octopuses, it's a Greek word. It's not octopi. Um, it's amazing what you learn as an adult. Um, um, and, and things that flew and things that went, th- you know, butterflies, butterflies, things, things that went through the ocean and the, the, the waters and on land. And then, well, then God made, made some things that, oh, God only knows what they were. The angel said, well, whoa, excuse me. Oh, I'm glad that didn't fall all the way down. Well, that's very interesting. Anything else? And God said, well, you know, I think I'll make some people. So God made, oh, let's see. God made some children. And God made some teenagers. And God made um, a woman. And God made a man. (sighs) And then God said, I'm tired. I'm tired. You finish it. It, it, It's almost done. It's almost done. And, And the people looked at God and said, but we're so little and the world is so big. How in the world can we finish it? And God said, well, here's the deal. I'll be your partner. And the people said, partner? What is partner? And God said, well, you have to have a partner if you're working on something really, really big. And if you have to rely on somebody else to do some of the work, and you can never give up if you have a partner. And you know, on the days that you don't think that I'm doing enough, and on the days that I don't think you're doing enough enough, we're still partners. We're partners in finishing the world. And the angels looked at God and said, "Well, is it done yet?" And God said, "Well, I don't know. Ask my partners." And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, we will now,
2: ah. Please join in singing me, oh, sorry, I just remembered, forgot the name of the song, May Peace Surround You, thank you. Please join in singing, May Peace Surround You to bless those who are joining us here, those who are joining us from afar, and to bless our children off on the way to their elementary RE group. Peace around you, may love surround you as you go, as you go, as you go on your way. May peace surround you, may love surround you as you go, as you go you go on your way <laughs>
0: The mission and ministry of UU Wausau is made possible by generous support of its friends and members. Rather than pass a plate at this time, we've placed an offering basket at the back of the sanctuary for you to drop a gift off. You can also stop in on our website, uuwasa.org, to make a one-time or recurring gift with your credit card or debit card. And we thank you for your support.
1: into a, a short time of prayer and meditation. A time to think of this last week, possibly these last two years. Our sorrows during that time, our joys during that time. We offer up to the spirit of love and justice of peace and hope. Our prayers For this congregation and for all around the world, we'll have a minute or so of silence. Amen. Blessed be. May it be so.
0: If you could please open your hymnals to page 159. We will sing This is My Song. Stand if you're able.
2: Of peace for lands of war and mine. This is my home, a country where my heart is. Here are my hopes, my dreams, my holy shrine. Other lands are beating with hopes and dreams as true and high as mine. My country's skies are bluer than the ocean, and sunlight beams on leaf and pine Not other lands have sunlight, too, and clover and skies are everywhere as blue as mine. Oh, hear my soul Thou God of all a song of peace for their land and for mine
0: Our first reading is At the Smithville Methodist Church by Stephen Dunn. It was supposed to be arts and crafts for a week, but when she came home with a Jesus saves button, we knew what art was up and what ancient craft. She liked her little friends. She liked the songs they sang when they weren't twisting and folding paper into dolls. What could be so bad? Jesus had been a good man, and putting faith in good men was what we do to stay this side of cynicism. That other sadness. Okay, we said. One week. But when she came home singing, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so, it was time to talk. Could we say Jesus doesn't love you? Could I tell her the Bible is a great book certain people use to make you feel bad? Uh, We sent her back without a word. It had been so long since we believed, so long since we needed Jesus as our nemesis and friend, that we thought he was sufficiently dead, that our children would think of him like Lincoln or Thomas Jefferson. Soon it became clear to us, you can teach disbelief to a child, only wonderful stories. We hadn't a story nearly as good. Our parents' night, there were arts and crafts all spread out, like little appetizers. Then we took our seats in the church, and the children sang a song about the ark and hallelujah, and one in which they had to jump up and down for Jesus. I can't remember ever feeling so uncertain about what's comic, what's serious. Evolution is magical, but devoid of heroes. You can't say to a child, evolution loves you. The story stinks of extinction and nothing. Nothing exciting happens for centuries. I didn't have a wonderful story for my child, and she was beaming. All the way home in the car, she sang the songs, occasionally standing up for Jesus. There was nothing to do but drive, ride it out, Sing along in silence. second reading, Faith is Still a Surprise to Me by Kathleen Norris. Faith is still a surprise to me as I lived without it for so long. Now I believe that it was merely dormant in the years that I was not conscious of its presence. I have become better at trusting that it is there even when I can't feel it or when God seems absent from the world No small part of my religious consciousness has been coming to know that faith is best thought of as a verb, not a thing, that you either have it or don't. Faith is not discussed as an abstraction in the gospel. Jesus does not talk about it so much as response to it in in other people. For example, saying to a woman who has sought him uh, for healing, Thy faith has made thee whole. And faith is not presented as a sure thing. The relentlessly cheerful and positive language about faith that I associate with the strong-arm tactics of evangelism fails to take this biological uh, ambiguity into account. I appreciate much more the wisdom of novelist Doris Betts Assertion that faith is not synonymous with certainty, but is the decision to keep your eyes open. When asked to define faith, Abba Poeman spoke to it not as a modern person might, as an intellectual stance, but in terms of inner attitude and outward service. Faith is to live humbly and give alms.
1: And an, another very short reading from Madeline Lengel. Why does anybody tell a story? It does indeed have something to do with faith. Faith that the universe has meaning, that our little human lives are not irrelevant, that what we choose or say or do matters. Matters cosmically. So, I was um, eight years old, I think I had just turned eight um, in late summer and it was early autumn. I was eight years old when I tried to walk through a wall. I I stood facing the wall, my eyes closed and my nose almost touching it, and I was thinking about all of my atoms, all of the atoms that composed my body. Now, I had seen Superman do this, and the announcer told me... The announcer told me that we are all made of, out of atoms. Protons and neutrons and little pieces. Little pieces, but mostly empty space. And all Superman had to do was think about all those atoms. And, well, and of course the wall that he was facing... That was made out of little bits of this and that, but mostly empty space. So all he had to do is think about all of those atoms and just take those atoms in between the walls, the, the empty space of the walls. Now, I did not know much about atoms at that point. I, I knew everything I knew about atoms from, from that announcer. And, um, and the other downside was if I actually got through that wall, I would be in my brother Mike's bedroom Um, But I did believe in science. I did believe that, that yes, we were all made out of little bits and particles and, amazingly, out of lots of empty space. And so I stood next to that wall. I remember standing to it. I almost touched my nose to it. Uh, But then I had a little niggle of doubt. Now, I was a very conscientious child and and I really thought that I could get partway through that wall and I really hoped that I could get through it far enough so that my mouth would be on the other side just in case something wrong, something bad happened, like I got stuck. Um, and, And then, of course, I was also a very quiet child and I thought, oh my goodness... There's my mom and my dad having to cut out this piece of wall, take it to the emergency room, and all those doctors and nurses trying to figure out how they were going to get me and the wall separated. So uh, it was a failed experiment. <sighs> yeah. So um, a couple years later, a few years later, I was, um, it was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I remember sitting in the last... Pew at our church, St. Adalbert's in South Milwaukee, Catholic, Polish. I was praying that the adults in my world could find a way out of this mess. Um, the world I had overheard was dangerously close to a very big war, um, or possibly the end of the world. I knew a little bit about war, my mother and my father met during the war. Um, My mother hated being in the military, she enlisted because she felt it was her duty. My father talked about only select parts of the war, what the war was like for him. I knew that he had spent two years in a Russian prisoner of war camp. He was a a Polish pilot and was at the very beginning of of the war, 39, 40. And he, he never talked about the camp. We heard a little bit about it from, from my mom, or I heard a little bit about it from my mom. And, and I figured since he had n- would never talk about it, it must have been too awful to talk about. So a- at that point, I, I knew a little bit about war. I knew that war was awful, scary, angry business and I really thought that the adults in my life would find some other way to settle their differences. But but this time, the Cuban Missile Crisis, I felt I felt how scared the adults were. All the adults in my life. I, I was no longer sure that they had faith in themselves to to stop this anger, to turn aside this awfulness, to, to be heroes. I trusted them. But My faith in them was starting to waver a little bit too. and All the children in my parochial school prayed every day for peace. Um, I am sure that the nuns felt that our prayers were ultimately answered by Kennedy, that good Catholic um, president of the time. But uh, from from my point of view, God was apparently letting the adults, um, our world leaders, resolve this muddle themselves. You know, go fix it, go finish it. I, I, I already understood that faith in God um, and prayers to God did not necessarily mean that God would answer your every wish, your every prayer. I had my first realization that at any moment God and, and those adults around me might possibly drop the ball, which was uh, the world and, and me and, and everything in it. As a child, I trusted that events had some flow, some purpose, some meaning, some good resolution. Um, I, I believed. I, I had faith. And at that point, I was beginning to find that, that faith, that trust could be tested, could be shaken, should be, could be shattered. And maybe it was at that time when I started asking what faith what belief could sustain me. Now at age eight I did believe in science even though I'm sure that the nuns didn't teach us much about science at all. I believed in heroes. I believed in Superman. I believed in heroes being able to do extraordinary things. I believed in myself and my ability to sometime or another do extraordinary things. Well. Up to a point. You know, that wall was a, was a barrier. And at age eight, I also believed in a, a personal God, a God whom I could talk to, a deity I could question, a supreme being that I could ask for help. I believed in heaven and hell. Um, if I be- obeyed the Ten Commandments, I could expect a suitable reward. Um, if I talked back to my parents, which I'm not sure that I... Well, not until I was a teenager, yes, or stole candy from the corner store. Oh, that was a little later, too. I could expect to be suitably um, punished, either in this life or in a life after death. Now, those beliefs were all handed down to me by the adults in my life. It was not until college that I consciously began questioning all that um, others told me about what was right and good. And what was wrong. I'd been told what part God played in this world. And and I began to explore what part I had in its making. I I questioned and stretched, modified, discarded the faith beliefs I had lived with for years. Um, Oh, I joined all sorts of organizations. uh, Women for Peace and Freedom, I I guess, yeah, War Resisters League. um, A lot of feminist stuff. Um, ecological stuff. But yeah, I, I had this this change in my my thinking of who was the the actor in this world. Now, for a time, I thought all truth was relative, that every culture was right, um, or that all were equally wrong, and that I was the final arbiter of truth. Um, ugh that had ah, uh, situational ethics, yes, that, that was the, the name of the book at that time. I characterized myself as an agnostic, a questioner, a heretic, if you will. I, I knew what I did not believe, um, but I was not so sure in what I could place my faith, what faith sustains me in good times and in bad now, um, to answer that question, I had to go back to my cosmology, and I participated in this wonderful spiritual exercise called the Cosmic Walk, which is essentially a walk through evolution, um, You know, getting rid of some of those millions and billions of years where nothing happens. Um, um, and uh, I, I began to see the world in a, a different way, and, and my answer went something like this. I see creation, the universe, and all that fills it, as starting from some unknown and possibly unknowable moment. Um, A a big bang, if you will, or a great emergence or eruption, the the cosmic bursting forth. Um, But it did start. It did start. And that is so amazing. This world and all we know did come, and the universe did come into being from that one little whatever. Since that start, the universe and the cosmos seems to me to be moving toward greater distinction. And certainly our world is working towards greater distinction. Hydrogen and oxygen and carbon atoms have been moving into water and worms and and things with wings. And and somewhere along this line, this creative process moved toward making people. Us, the, the children and the teens and the, the, the adult folks. And humans are made, we are all made from that original stardust and light and energy from that unknown moment. All of that stuff is in us. We're made of stardust and space and energy. Not unlike my wall. But people are the part of the universe that can think About itself. We are space and energy and stardust that thinks about itself and the world. And so people gathered together and they moved towards tribes and families, nations and economies. People separately and together made music and poetry and science. They made double stuffed Oreos and (sighs) the heavens only know what kind of, of electronic gizmos that are being created as, we, as I speak. People separately and together thought about the mystery of our being here, thought about what existence meant, and we thought about what we could rely on and what we could not trust. We thought about consequences. We tried to figure out how this universe worked, how societies can work. Well, somewhere in my thinking about my creation story, I decided that the universe and this world to be sensible and making sense to me, a sensible kind of world, must also be moving toward more love and justice. Ah, now this is my theological, my philosophical part of me. Um, I decided on this purpose for the universe because the stories that spoke most deeply to me That the prophets and the poets and the musicians who captured my my head and my heart spoke of a kinder world, a world more just. Um, I thought I saw a little more of that love and justice entering the world over the course of the centuries. Little bits and pieces, little forward steps. Then maybe it all went, but a few more steps. And, and people, people like us, were the primary makers of this love and justice. Well, of course, we were also the primary makers of all the and perpetrators of all the hatred and injustice and wars. But but if the work of the world was to lean toward more love and more justice, then it was my duty to help in any way I could, no matter how small my efforts. My efforts mattered. And people, I am talking about small efforts. I am talking about not saying an unkind word when it's so much on the the tip of your tongue. Not honking the horn. Not not giving a smile instead of a frown. I mean, someday it's only just, you know, taking the meds that the doctor has said may help you get through this patch. Um, Not many of us are Greta Thunberg. Ah, you know her last name, hernberg, and, and not many of us are Einsteins, not many of us are Desmond Tutu, Martin Luther King. We can do what we can do, but what we do, it matters. it matters. So during my good times, my strong times, I would do my part, and maybe a little bit more <clears throat> during my bad times, my sad times. I would need to rely on others to take up the slack. Uh, I have been working with kinders with a couple of kindergarten classes and and bless their hearts, they're so good at sharing their artwork and their colds. (laughs) Tail end, but oh my. Um... So, uh, of course, um, I'm an optimist. I, I mean, I, I must confess. Hi, I'm Suzanne Wiselchik. I'm an optimist. Um, so, uh, uh, it's here somewhere. Uh, so, if the world was indifferent or, or even malign, even somehow not indifferent, maybe my good deeds, my added up with everyone else's acts of love and justice and kindness... Maybe that would tip the universe, tip the scales. So during my good times, my strong times, I would do my bit and maybe a bit more, and I did that already. You know, I, I, I would rely on you. And when you have your bad times, maybe you would rely on me. I developed a faith around the universe and the part humans played in it. Maybe an over-optimistic faith, but one that could and does sustain me. and It was during that time that I found the Unitarian Universalist faith that was flexible enough for me to say, ah, maybe I'm Wiccan, maybe I'm agnostic. Oh, today I think I really am atheist. Um, and maybe I'm just a little Christian leaning, huh? Or no, be it Buddhist, Taoist, Taoist. But, but faith really is not only a set of beliefs. Faith is not simply a trust in the world's workings. Faith is participating in those works. Faith calls us to act. And in the Christian scriptures, we read in James, What good is it? What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Ah, oh, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, And yet you do not supply them with their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Show me your faith apart from your works, but I by my works will show you my faith. So uh, another Christian writer, Jim Wallace, in his, his book Faith Works, writes... Perhaps the greatest heresy of 20th century American religion was to make faith into a purely personal matter and a private affair, which went neatly with the rise of the consumer society. With the advent of television preachers, faith was turned into an occasion for conspicuous consumption and effective fundraising. Faith became merely another commodity. I have it and you don't. Or worse, Here's how you can get it to our, our operators, are standing by. And then there's one of my favorite philosophers, Swami Biyandananda. He has a real name, but Swami Biyandananda says, we seem to be moving towards a dogma-eat-dogma world where misinterpreters have translated great spiritual teachings as we're going to heaven and everyone else can go to hell. Faith is not merely something we possess, but rather something we, we practice. And in our universalist, our Unitarian heritage, we have the saying deeds, not creeds. We've put our faith into action. We put our faith into action, or it really isn't enough. Faith changes things. It's the energy of transformation, both for individuals and a society. And so what faith, what faith sustains us through bright days and through the darkest nights? What faith enables us, even requires us to work through our walls, our walls of self-doubt, of self-denigration, of our walls of addiction or abuse, our walls of failure, Walls of anger and fear. Walls of grief. What faith? Faith in science, in God. Faith in each other. Faith in ourselves. So what faith sustains me? I have faith that two people like my parents can face evil, persist, go on to build a life. I have faith that I can face my walls, that we can face our walls of obstruction. I have faith in me and and I have faith in you. I have faith in you. I have faith that we can use our hearts and our heads and our hands to find the openings, to see the stardust and the energy and the space within us and in the walls that we face. Now, faith Faith is a slippery, gossamer, thin wisp in the face of tragedy, Of meaningless deaths, of foolish wars. Faith can be severely shaken, even shattered. Yet faith can can grip us, can hold us, carry us through our walls, metaphorical and real. Faith allows us to persist. Faith gives us the strength to be good partners, to be faithful partners in finishing the world. And, and so on those days when we think that God is not doing enough or on those days when we think, God schmad, so of course God isn't doing anything. And on those days when you think that I am not doing enough and on those days when I think, oh, maybe you're not doing enough, we are still partners. We are still partners in finishing this world to our hopes and our dreams and our visions and knowing that what we do matters that what we do matters, that how we live our life matters. So may we be convicted in our beliefs. May we move through those spaces, risk being caught in our walls, become our own heroes, finish the work of the world. May it be so, may we make it so. Blessed be and amen. So, just a moment while I tend to bodily needs. Ah, well, you weren't meant to hear that. But our closing hymn, oh, now don't, don't stand up yet because I have a little introduction. This closing hymn, you haven't um, sung it too often, I'm told, but it's number 163 for The Earth Forever Turning. It was written by a woman, Kim Oler, for Paul Winter's Misagaya, which is Earth Mass, This was recorded like 40 years ago in 1981. It was recorded at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York City and in the Grand Canyon. And the words were inspired by um, the science fiction writer Robert Heinlein in, in a short story of his The Green Hills of Earth. And in that story, the blind poet Fizzling is on the Venus shuttle. You can tell how old a science fiction story is from he's on the Venus shuttle. Um, Coming back to Earth for the first time in years and years and years. And he writes a ballad yearning for one more landing on the globe that gave us birth. And his last lyric is, may we rest our eyes on the fleecy skies and the cool green hills of Earth. So I invite you to rise in body or in spirit as you are able. Turn your hymnals to... Hymn number 163.
2: Seasons harmony For our lives, for all creation, sing we our joyful praise to thee. For the world, we raise our voices, for the home that gives us birth. In our joy we sing returning home to our blue-green hills of earth.
1: So may the long-time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure, pure light that's within you guide your way home. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure pure light that's within you guide your way home. Someday I'll have to teach you this, you too. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure pure light that's within you. Guide your way home Guide your way home Go in peace and blessed unrest you may be seated for the post food) <laughs>